0: Welcome to The Table with Vinny, Chris, and Dave. At The Table, we have authentic conversations about various topics through the lens of the kingdom and our personal experience. So pull up a chair and join us. There's room for everyone at The Table. I love that intro.
1: I do too. That's
2: pretty creative. Thank you.
1: I wrote it, thanks. Nice. It's short and sweet and to the point. Did you play the kick drum on it too? No. I think
0: that's like, isn't that Tune Pocket music? Uh, No, that's uh, one of the Come Up Here sets.
2: Oh nice. Yeah. license free baby? You <clears throat> no. <laughs> It's not license free?
0: No it is. No, it is. It's our.
2: It's Peter, our music. Peter and, Peter and Paul thing. <clears throat> right. All things in common, right?
1: Yeah. See.
2: What is this 7, right? Uh, oh my goodness, episode we broke seven?
0: it. No, this is episode 5.
2: <clears throat> no, we were at a new hope. Oh, no, it was 5, right. Yeah. 4 yeah, was a, yeah, yeah. We've been so for you and every we like episode 4 is like, "Oh, a new hope." Star Wars references is what we keep making. So five is what? Um,
1: A grace for this episode to be awesome. Amen. Five is grace, right?
2: Yes.
0: So we're comparing Star Wars references here. Revenge of the Sith.
2: Empire Strikes Back. And then it's Return of the Jedi.
1: Chronological?
0: Yeah. Or?
2: Like film-wise. Okay. So like right now we'd be at Empire Strikes Back. Yeah.
0: So we had, you know,
1: Attack of the Clones. Yeah, we had Attack of the Clones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it in three and four. I was always
1: one of those people who, like, loved Star Wars. And, like, even now, like, I like sharing them with my kids. But I was never, a, like, a Star Wars, like, in-depth Star Wars no- nerd. Yeah. You know, like, I, I would love to have a lightsaber hanging on my wall. But never one who I could, like, recite Star Wars verbatim. Yeah, mm. same. Probably Honestly. Probably the biggest things I regret is not spending more of my life watching, watching Star, Wars? Star Wars. Same.
0: Every, really? Every episode, David actually names, like... Like when you said A New Hope last week,
1: I, had no, I had
0: no idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, New Hope. <laughs> I mean, it sounded good when you brought it up tonight. I yeah. was just so showing my, my nerdery on yeah. that no, one. I mean, there's many aspects of why everyone loves you. That's like top third.
2: Star Wars? <laughs> nice. yeah. I'm
1: glad that my redeeming
2: qualities right. in
1: top three is Star Wars knowledge. Yeah, when we first met, it was like, man, this guy loves Jesus. That's cool. Oh, he likes Star Wars Let's Be Dudes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's good to know that's how it's thought about. All right. Anyway, this is the table.
1: We're here. It's a good-looking table.
2: This is, uh, we have our first first guest. Yeah. Good you, friend of ours.
1: Yeah, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Chris, Chris Kramer. Um, I'm super thankful to be here. And, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously learning more about you, Vinny, and your heart and, you uh, you know it's it's cool when you get to encounter people in ministry uh, before you have an opportunity to sit down and really get to know them mm. uh, you know it's one of those things where like you're kind of testing your discernment and for for you the more time i spend with you Vinny specifically it's you know it's like man, this, this dude is about everything that you present yourself and, and worship, you know, that discernment when you walk into to the room and you're like seeing somebody on fire, you know, it's always this question in the back of your mind, like, who am I being led into worship by? Like, mm. are they, are they really in tune with what heaven is saying right now? You know, are they encountering Jesus with me? Um, you know, as, as you lead this group, you know, and not leading this group, uh, you know, and, and, uh, encouraging other people to en- encounter Jesus, hmm. you know. But are you are you really in this for for the one? Yeah. And uh, and so it's been awesome to get to know you, Vinny, and know that that really is your heart. Like hmm. whether there's two people in the room or there's three hundred. Like, it's the same zeal, it's the same passion. And then, obviously, you, David, like, we've known each other through testimonies of radical healing mm. and playing softball and all this, like, real-world stuff. Like, what does it mean for us to to frame up these structural and non-structural, these load-bearing walls and yeah. for us to get to know each other and know that you're a man of integrity? And it's, like, at the end of the day, who are we uh, surrounding ourselves with is, like, really one of the topics that I know has been on my heart. Recently, you know, and it comes Mm. back to that big I word, the, the integrity, like, how are we interacting with, with Jesus really when, when no one else is watching? Mm. Like, do I treat Jesus the same? Like when I'm in my car on the way home from church as I did on, on Sunday morning or Saturday night? And, uh, you know, and, and you're two guys who I glean a lot from, you know, who I see in different areas and different aspects of your own life with your, you know, with your spouses, with your kids, with your friends, uh, you know, at work. And it's like, man, those are guys that I want to surround myself with.
2: Amen. Aww. And that's how I feel about you. Yeah, same, dude. That's how I felt at you from day one in our theology talk at oh, AP. Gosh.
1: I feel like you should share. Have you already shared that testimony about your arm? Like, is that like a public thing Mm-mm. that you've shared?
2: I haven't shared it publicly.
1: I mean, honestly, that's like one of the things that like, not just as something that I look back at as our, as our in our friendship as yeah. something that was so precious, mm. but honestly, like, you know, we have these stones of remembrance that we set up, you know, along our, our walk. Uh, Amanda and I actually have them. Uh, we, we, a couple years ago, kind of decided, like, we need a place in our house where we have these stones of remembrance. Mm. And every year we kind of go through through, okay, in the last twelve months, like, what has the Lord really done that stands out? You know, and there are the things like, man, He gave me strength to, you know, kill in that interview or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know. But really, the things that like uh, Israel that are like things that you know they are uh, bedroom talks. They are things that we uh, encourage our our children with, you know, down the road, mm-hmm. and we kind of look back at and we're like, man, that's some somewhere and at some point in time where the Lord really showed up, you know, incredibly. Yeah. And I look back at that as, yeah. uh, and it that's that's written on a stone, mm. you know, the night that the Lord healed your body, you and Krista both. Yeah. What? And it's, it's really a crazy <laughs> kind of testimony. Me and David didn't really know each other. And I could tell that David was still in this point in his <laughs> walk where he was still skeptical, you know, about other people. And like the Lord was still yeah. like healing your heart from a lot of religious wounds. Yeah. And so, you know, I was just this crazy guy who was like, man, I... Why not? Let's pray for Let's you pray for and it. just well, yeah. It's not my story to tell, it's so David, tell it. So, twenty what was it? Twenty sixteen? Yeah,
2: yeah. So twenty sixteen, um, I would had been in rehab in twenty fourteen, and I had been out for like a year and a half at this point, roughly. Yeah. Um, but when I was in rehab, the guys who discipled me were Calvinist.
0: Yeah, and I, man, you've told me that. Yeah,
2: yeah, so I took on that like Calvinist you know, religious, you know, I was reading a lot of like Calvinist theology and stuff like that. Well, when I got out, Krista was already in a like Pentecostal church, Church of God church. So I came into my home out of, you know, rehab to go from this like extra reformed church. Cessationist. To, totally cessationist to being yeah. thrown into the the den <laughs> at a totally Pentecostal church. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want anything to do. I mean, the Lord started working on my heart over time. But so, there's a part of my testimony that my my addiction started with an injury when I was 13, 14, Mm. uh, where at the time, if you follow the time frame, I was right in the perfect period when they were over-prescribing opiates for minor injuries and things like that. So, at the age of 14, I was addicted already to opiates because of this really, really bad dirt bike accident that I had had in Sevierville, Tennessee. I had rolled down a hill, mountain, and I landed and I broke my arm in a spot that's a real bad break. Mm. And the way they had to set my bone was they had taken it and put them side by side to form like a like this rather than because it was so splintered, you know, it had actually like poked through my skin. So it was so splintered they couldn't set my bone. So they basically just set me like this and I had nerve damage. So I mean it was it was bad. I mean this was I almost I had a 50% chance of regaining function in my right arm. Bad accident. Yeah. So fast forward, I've got my arm is a couple inches shorter than the other one. At the time, my right arm was a couple inches shorter than the other one. And I had this huge knot where you could physically feel where the bone had grown into this like fusion, right? Yeah. And my right arm was shorter than my left arm. And we were at the baseball field or softball field after a game. And I was sharing my testimony with Chris that and I was rubbing my arm like... And this was like this constant reminder of being an addict, you know, cause I know that that's where it started mm-hmm. and it used to bug me. Wow. Something awful. Well, you know what just I mean? remind you of that. All the wow. time. Yeah. So we're talking about it. I'm sharing my testimony and Chris is like, well, let's just pray for it. Let's just pray for it to get to your arm to grow out and for them not to go away. And I'm like, Okay. Well,
1: this time I didn't know anything about the knot. He's just like, Yeah, I've got this arm that's shorter than the other, kind of came from this accident. And I'm like, Okay, let's pray. Right. And then he shares the like make you sob story, which is <laughs> like, I was an addict for how many years? 15 10, years, 10, 10, 10 years. 10, yeah. And it was like, Man, it started from this, but this injury.
2: God. Yeah. So he prays for it. And like literally, I'm I'm put my, you know, shoulders square against a fence and my hands were the same length for the first time since i was 14 and Whoa. the knot is gone it's Whoa, not there come on it's it's still not there it never it's gone <laughs> like and it was like you could physically feel it see it i can rub up and down my bone now and it just feels like my arm dude that's amazing and my arm grew out to where they're both the same length again you know i have heard this story before but it's refreshing hearing you tell it and i'm
0: glad you're telling it on the show too yeah that's amazing dude
2: and that was like that was a turning point for me Specifically, away from the cessationism into Whoa. being, it was because it was one of those things where i I had not had an experience up to that point that I couldn't dismiss as hyper emotionalism, or you know, a trick of you know cheap psychology, you know, or you know, like like I know, like I had judged prophetic words at that point, like as if they were a uh, like a a, a room. Like a magician, you know, the magicians that are like, or, you know, like the John Edwards guy that used to be like, I'm sensing someone has a dead relative. That was how I equated <laughs> the prophetic. Because I was like, well, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, statistically, someone in this room has a knee problem. right? Statistically, someone in this room is facing a financial crisis. Like one in a hundred people. Somebody needs money, yep. <laughs> right? Like One in somebody needs a
1: Somebody has money,
2: right? <laughs> okay. Right? Right?
1: One of you grew up with rich parents, <laughs> correct?
2: Right? I know that, that was the kind of stuff that used to go through my mind in those services. Was like a lot of this statistically is just in this room. Well, this was three people standing out in a closing baseball field. Yeah. There was no statistical, you know, like I couldn't dismiss it. And it was just one of those things. I know, like, Krista freaked out. You know, she's running around like, oh, my God. Because she knew. Yeah. And I was, like, in shock. (laughs)
1: Like,
2: I just didn't even know what to do. I was
1: like, Yeah, yeah. It's been a couple of years of me knowing David until really the full depth of that kind of came out Mm. you know we we experienced it like right now like man jesus just showed up and it was like right then krista got some stuff healed like i got some internal stuff healed Mm. and it was just like there was some words released over that ballpark and that geographic area that really kind of Pushed all of us, yeah. you know, from that place and in that moment to just being like, man, we we've got too much responsibility. There are too many things for us to do for the kingdom. For us to be complacent anymore. Yeah, come on. And I know for David, it was like, you know, the cessationist. You know, the the thinking that God was distant. You mm-hmm. know, he he was maybe a father, but maybe not a good father to me. And then knowing that in that moment that he not only read your mail, but that he would look back and see your history mm-hmm. and affirm like. David, it's all right. I'm big enough for you to not believe in me. Right. I'm yeah. big enough for for you to say some quote unquote offensive and hurtful things and for, for me to get over it. Right. You know, and it's like, you know, we we have those conceptions in our life at some at some point. You know, all of us come face to face with yeah. really what those misconceptions are about who God is. Mm. You know, and and the process that we go through of learning Him more. And you know, I think that one of the beautiful things is that there's there's never enough. You know, <laughs> there's never enough healing for us to be satisfied with mm. how good He is. Yeah, yeah. Good. you know, it's like in our brokenness we experience on a daily basis ways that we <laughs> see God incorrectly. Right, and He's such a, a graceful and gentle Father that He comes and He mm. he, he reminds us like I'm I'm not that. I'm not that guy. Right. I'm not that
0: That's guy. It's good. Yeah, I um I was when I first came to the Lord, all the men around me were actually cessationists mm. at the time. Oh, the wow. first people discipling me. But not even like a few months in, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and it was undeniable. I just didn't know that it was Holy Spirit. Yeah. I was just like, what the heck was that? I was in Albi- or uh Honduras at the time. And completely just encounter the Holy Spirit during worship. Mm. I thought I was going to move to Honduras and never come back. Like I was ready to just give it all away and just be in Honduras. Dude, that flight home back to the U.S., I was devastated because Mm. I had never experienced God how I did in Honduras. Mm. And then fortunate enough, I was um, able to come back into uh, a young adults ministry here in Cincinnati. Yeah. And Holy Spirit was just all over it. And I encountered Holy Spirit the same way that I did in Honduras. Mm. All that being said, even up to a couple years ago, following Holy Spirit and his lordship, I still, like, I believed in healing, but, like, I didn't see enough of it to, like, like, I believed in it, like, yeah. you know, but I just, I didn't, really experience it. Like Mm. um, the healings that I saw were like, you know, headaches and stuff like that. And like, yeah, just like where I could have been like, ah, it's one way or another, you know, maybe that was healing. Not that I was like, you know, not believing in it until my grandma, dude, Mm. my grandma started losing her hearing like four or five years ago. And it was bad. Like straight up, like I had to get super close to her and like Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <yelled laughs> right. Like, Grandma. You did we let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> and dude, it was like really bad. Yeah. And then one day at church, after worship, she said she came up to me and she said, I think my hearing is bad. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? And I was like, What? She's like yeah, I think I can hear again. And I was like, oh, okay. Still like a little bit of disbelief in me, you know? And I got super close to her, up in her ear, and I was like, Grandma, can, can you hear me? She was like, yeah, I can hear you just fine. What? <laughs> <was> awesome, bro. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that that was like a, an experience that marked me in the past couple years, too.
1: With it. Yeah. Yeah, I love thinking about those times where like – the Lord chooses to use us, right? The donkey that Mm. he rides in on and is, uh, you know, we we are being used in those moments as a vessel to bring, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere of belief with us. You know, and I think about it in terms of like, are you a thermostat? Um, or are you a thermo- thermometer, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know a thermometer is measuring the temperature around. You know it's it's really the the difference between a, a a sheep and a leader. You know somebody who's a follower and somebody who's a leader. Yeah. And you know the 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 thermostat is setting the temperature for the rest of the room. You know, so you walk in the room and immediately you know it, it's it's not it's not warm enough in here for me. You know, and and at the end of the day, it's like, man, who am I when I walk into those rooms of uh, people who are full of disbelief? Like is your, is your unbelief for your negative experience with the Lord, or is your uh, inability to see Him in light of who He uh, says He is, and as importantly, how I've experienced Him, is that getting onto me, mm. uh, or am I going in and saying no at the at the at the at the beginning of my day, mm. like I'm starting out like? Father, this is who you are. Like I'm unshaken in, in that belief. And you what happens is as it translates to your experience with other people, is you walk into those places, And things just happen, right? Like when you encounter the Lord and you believe in his goodness, you know, in those ways where it's truly changed you, you know, it's not something where you're like, I'm going to turn it on. It's not a light switch where you're like, hey, I'm going to have prophetic words today or I'm going to like lay hands on people, but it's just an acknowledgement of his presence. Right? You know, it's like just, okay, Holy Spirit, like I just want to be intentional about practicing an awareness of, of you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go a moment with, of my day without being aware uh, of my partnership, of my continual partnership with Holy Spirit. Yeah, You know, it's like it's we good. are working together. You know, we're no longer slaves. A, a, a friend though knows what, you know, their, their friend is doing, not a slave who's Come ignorant on. of what their master is doing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. Good. And so to partner with the Lord, you know, as Ephesians talks about, like to, to fully be uh, a partner with Holy Spirit mm. uh, is to walk and to realize that he cares, about my thoughts, my intentions, my emotions, uh, as much as I am, uh, you know, intentional about hearing his heart. Like if the Lord were to grant us the desires of his heart, is it reflective of what the heart of the father is? Yeah. And, you know, if, if your answer to that question is like, you know, I, I don't know, or, you know, I'm not sure, you know, it, it, it kind of illuminates, uh, you know, your proximity yeah. of where you're at in your walk with the Lord. And there are times in my own life where it's like, man, I'm not, I'm not in the right place, you know, and and you you know like in those moments, like man, I'm being led by something else. And at the end of the day, it's idolatry. Yeah, right. It's like are the things in my life, is the busyness, are the the other good things uh, that I'm consuming myself with that I should be doing for the Lord? Like are those the things that um, that are reflecting my proximity, or yeah. are those the things that I'm trying to show you mm. my proximity? Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the outpouring, you know, versus an act yeah yeah dude, for that's sure.
0: so good and if it's an act dude you can only fake it for so long it it's exhausting <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, I've been there right yeah especially in ministry where you're like man i have to i have to put this this thing on to go do you know this responsibility versus like man at uh my my desire is to teach people, man. My desire is to see people awakened, you know? And, and that's the difference between, you know, so, somebody who gets burnt out, you know? And I've been in that place where ministry was just exhausting, yeah. like teaching other people. And that's because I didn't know how to be filled myself, mm. you know, with Holy Spirit. And there are so many things, obviously, that you can break out and talk about from you know this conversation right. you know about rest about intentionality yeah. about devotion uh, you know but at the end of the day you know it 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 does come back to integrity mm. you know how how am I when when I'm not around you right. watching my relationship with Jesus <laughs> right like can and That's is my good. is my uh, pursuit the same
0: right but I do think the Lord can kind of promote you a bit when you're not ready as like a a tool like he did it with me honestly with something like
2: i would say he did it with our whole group in oklahoma
0: yeah dude he like pushed pushed me in the ministry and he's doing all these amazing things and you know trusting me to lead worship in all these places and then i started seeing issues in my life where i'm like dude this does not line up right with oh hold on a second good
2: point should be all right. And we're back in.
0: So uh, there was points where I was like, man, this just does not line up yeah. with what he's calling me to do. Lord, why are you having me do all this stuff? Yeah. But then there's this awareness that was created of like, oh man, I still have this in me. Like oh, I yeah. need to go through this process with the Lord. I don't know why he's trusting me to do Absolutely. some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: well, and that's the nature of prophecy, right? Like to have people around you who are who are seeing things as they are in heaven that are not yet, and pulling and calling those things out. That's right. It's like Vinny, Like like you're you're an incredible worshiper before the Lord. Like one who's called and anointed to draw heaven near to bring you know freedom as Jesus proclaimed it. You know from the Book of Isaiah, like freedom to the captives, delivery yeah, of sight sure. to the blind, like you know you there is this um, this holistic shalom that is such a big part of it is who you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah, like, are they speaking life into you? But more importantly, are they pulling you out of that mess? Mm. Like the stuff that you could so easily become. And David used one of your words from earlier: stagnant in. Yeah, and pulling you into the thing that they see you, you know, through their spiritual eyes and the kingdom doing. Yeah, that's so and it's good. Like, yeah. And you can't see that in other people though, unless you're connected right. right. The heart of the Father,
0: and that comes yeah through relationships with the Lord Holy Spirit dude there's been the thing like my conviction anymore is like basically the Lord will be like he'll highlight something in me that I, I need to work on or prune or grow out of and essentially it's just like oh it's just like a realization it's never like shameful right. it's just like oh that's in there I yeah. need to like work on that and get that out of there he's just showing me like oh this is not a part of your character yeah. time to move on from that thing time to grow and then it's like up to holy spirit to take us through a um a revealing of like how does he want to heal you right in those areas how does he want to grow you and prune you hmm. um so good
1: yeah it is my favorite part of that experience is like the waking up the next morning and you're like how did i not know this Right. You know, for my entire life leading up till now, like, how is that not glaringly obvious? Right. And it, you know, it comes back to like your your intention with the people you surround yourselves with. You know, when I was in college, my friends would joke with me that my love language was constructive criticism. <laughs> you know, I was always asking like, what am I not doing well? You know, are there things in my life like, you know, regardless of what it was, you know, if it was, you know, captain of the rugby team or, you know, school or, you know, leading in kids ministry, you know, for the church that we were attending or, you know and and it comes back to my wife first you know then it was the other people who were in our friend group and it's like amanda are there places uh that that look hypocritical in my life like are there blind spots that that i have that i don't know about you know and it's always that pursuit of uh you know the the stuff that you you can't experience about yourself and until you have good friends who you know share those with you right mm-hmm. and, it, and it goes on both hand you know both sides of the coin it's for good and for bad mm-hmm. you know do you have friends in your life who love you enough to point out the bad stuff and who are champions of you enough to call forward where you're supposed to be
2: yeah yeah that's good that is really good yeah no it's like
0: it's nice to be surrounded by people it that is i can do that
2: <laughs> well like to equate it to even like a real life situation that I'm experiencing even right now. I'm working on a project in my day job where, up until the point that I started, there was nothing but negativity spoken about this house. And I mean, literally nothing, nothing positive done. You know, nothing was done right. You know, it's all this, it's all that. And I could literally feel it on the property when I got there. I mean, it was like this overwhelming feeling of like, Hopelessness and despair, and failure. Ring
1: it was ringing out, you I that. I
2: did. I've I've spent week. I mean, I spent like the first two weeks intentionally, like worship music. If anybody was saying anything negative, I was like cutting it off. Like stop, stop talking bad about this house. This is an awesome house. It's going to be great. The project's going to be great. Whatever. But it was just funny because the Lord has been speaking to me through it. Like this is you. Hmm. Like you're this, like just like mm. this house. Oh, wow, come on. And soaking it all up. Yeah. Soaking it up. But before that, it's you and the people around you, like you're talking about, the people outside of the situation, you've allowed negativity to be spoken about you to so
1: much so that it permeates yeah. your existence. The most blessed profession. Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. Amen. Good job, David. Amen. Following in your and savior's my father's
2: and my, my savior's footsteps.
0: <laughs> and that's the nature of Jesus, bro. Yeah. To resurrect things, to bring the dead to life, to make things completely new, man. That's the
2: testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. Amen. It's just been such a just powerful experience. And then being able to see now like it's the same house on the same property. But it feels completely different. Yeah, like the whole
1: experience feels different. Yeah, that's the thermostat versus the thermometer. Like yeah. you went in there and you changed the the temperature of the environment. Right. Like we're not we're not gonna be here. You know, and and naturally that's not in your place. Right. right? It's not your authority to decide like what spirit is over that job site right but it's like I'm sorry at the end of the day like this is in me and it's going to get out on you and it's right. going to saturate your property yeah and you know I'm 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 doing you a favor
2: right <laughs> you know it's like obviously
1: we I, I'm privileged to know the owners of that that project and it's like the the intention the heart of it is you know that to end up there yeah and so you know again there are so many different avenues for where to go with this conversation and what to focus on uh but that that process is so important you know you can't have this experience where you're talking about it you know that the construction part of that process you know and for for us it's it's generally referred to as you know the process to get to where i'm going you Mm. can't see it so negatively and affect it to be and expect it to be magical yeah you know when you walk in and it's all done right you know it's you and and i you know in the same line of work with construction you know, have have homeowners who just expect it to be this magical part of the process. And I refer to it to them as look, generally people don't like to see how their sausage is made. Right. You know, you, you wanna to show up to the butcher and it's and it's done, it's prepared, it's in a package, you go home, you cook it. And, you know, as a hunter, I, I obviously get, you know, both sides of that, you know, there's a, there's a messy part of that process and construction, you know, there's a, a patience and endurance, you know, a, a forming and a, and a vision, you know, that you've got to come to a common ground on with these people that you're doing work on. And it's the same thing, right, with our friends and and how we're formed in that yeah. process. You know, you're not surrounded with the right people. You're being beaten down with negativity right. on a daily basis. It, it It's hard, whether you're a thermostat or a sheep or a leader, you know, wh- mattered, whatever, right? it, it's hard. And it is exhausting, you know, for you to maintain that level of, like, just being on it. Yeah. You know, being being connected with Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and he talks about the the way that um you know that we we surround ourselves and and you know we're encouraged to surround ourselves with that that cloud of witnesses here right. on earth, you know, and we've got the one in heaven that's watching over us. Yeah. But it's, you know, join them in celebration.
2: Yeah. The yeah, life is so much easier in the in the, in the kingdom when you're like everybody's rowing in the same direction Mm -hmm. when you're on the boat with everyone, everybody's together. And that's like one of the things we were on, on new years, I had felt like the Lord was saying, don't break ranks this year. And it was like, I looked that up and it's a military term, you know, obviously, but yeah, what, to go back to what I was saying about, you know, noticing when it's like, when, when I'm not surrounded versus when I am surrounded by people who are all, you know, going in the same direction who aren't breaking ranks. It's like night and day. Mm-hmm. The feeling. Yeah. The um the power, the 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 feeling, yeah, that safety, the energy. Safety, the mean, energy All right, let's try it. Hopefully it doesn't mess up again. No, let's hope not.
0: Bless it. Holy Spirit bless us. Yes. Yeah, so just play for the C
2: P right now in Jesus' name. But yeah. So All right. Anyway, we good. Yeah, yeah I think we're. Good. I think okay. we'll see. We're all looking.
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> all watching the computer. Like, what's going on?
2: But no, you're you're right. You know, like I, I did that video about integrity too. But like it being into like the idea that I think most of us have a misconception about what integrity is. Like using the root word of integrated versus like integrity meaning you're a good guy. Yeah. Can you ins- explain practically what
0: like keeping rank and breaking ranks means?
2: So. I've been doing some research on it since the new year. And as far as what breaking rank looks like is whatever you're a part of. And if you know what your lane is in that thing, it's not getting out of that flow. It's not stepping outside of that established like order of things. And my mm.
1: established order in military terms, it is, you're not, you're not breaking your discipline like you have been drilled to the point where you know when something happens that we're not all reacting out of the same fear or reacting out of the same anxiety you know breaking breaking rank and you know in military is like we are showing a strong front you know even if you're nervous you're you're trusting in your brother that he ah, they're gonna yeah. take care of what the they same need to yeah, yeah you you do your job that's and your good. job when you're together is defending the person next to you
2: yep and the army specifically that's like it, it started with the idea of Roman soldiers, they would form these companies where there was like a large shield in the front and then Mm -hmm. people walking behind that large shield with weaponry. And then it was time they had formations and battle plans Mm. and to break rank was to jump out too quick or to go your own way or to not be the one to hold up the rear end or whatever it was when there's a strategy. It makes sense. Yeah. You ever
1: seen the movie 300? Yeah. Uh, You need to watch it again.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, think just, about that. Just as a general rule. If you ever think about that movie. It's just <laughs> to time watch, to watch it again. again. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't watched 300 in a while, just endorsing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good movie.
2: But to to um when there's an established like rank and order to what's going on, when there's a known strategy and a known lane and a known job,
0: okay. that you do your job. Can you give some Okay, do your job. Can you give some practical examples?
2: Okay, well, practically, let's just say if you're in a church model, mm-hmm. like if you're, that's what you're functioning in, it's, you know, like submitting to vision of the elders, do, you know, getting out of the way of gossip and, and slander and maligning and things like that and praying into and believing in the vision and then doing the thing that's been assigned to you to do. To do your specific right task. W- whatever that is, whether that's yeah. been given to you directly or you feel like you have a position that you want to bring to a- the attention of the people that you're like serving with. Yeah. That would look like, hey, I feel like I really need to be doing this thing. And then yeah. if you get that rank and you get that position, being very careful to cultivate and protect that that thing you're doing.
1: Right. I mean, it's the um you know the New Testament, like the eye can't see to the hand. I don't need you. You know we all play these different rules, and and insi- roles, uh, <laughs> r- <laughs> o- not rules are o l e s, not r u l e s. You know we all we all serve in these different capacities. You know, and I can't look at the the eye as a hand and say we don't need you. Mm. You know there there are different functions that we all have, and each of those are you know disciplined, and you know and and especially because of the roots, uh, we can we can most easily explain. What uh, you know that that rank is uh, and falling in line and not breaking it uh, inside of a team setting, you know the 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 accountant can't go to the guy who who's a salesperson, you know, and say I'm I'm going to start doing your job now. Well, right. y- you're not trained to do my job. You, right. you don't have 15 years of experience doing my job. Correct. And vice versa.
0: Can I share my chess vision? Because yeah. I feel like it's you should. So relevant. I
1: think it is relevant. You should share.
0: So I had this crazy dream the other night about something God was showing me spiritually in my neighborhood. I don't know if I ever told you all the revelation I got on it.
2: We talked a little bit about it, but not, not after you had spent time with him in the morning after he came over. You kind of told me that he had explained some things. Yeah. So
0: anyway, that's another story in the process of explaining this dream. The Lord led me through this crazy encounter. Um, I was just processing it. I was praying like, Lord, can you give me some insight on what this dream means? I won't explain the dream right now, but he showed me, um, he showed me a vision. I was in the shower praying because the water's just, it just blo- blocks out all the noise yeah. for me. That's like, that's where I get my time in with. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I get this vision um, of this chessboard. And he showed me setting up my pieces strategically. And it's interesting because he was using the term camp Mm. um, within my camp to function properly and how it needs to function. And that he's actually showing me, like we were set up almost like a trap to where any moves that the enemy made, um, they would fall into some kind of trap and we would win the game. Yeah. So then I go down... Um downstairs to make breakfast, and my house was like oddly clean, mm. which I have all my little kids are always wrecking the whole house. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so if it's if it's as clean as it was, it's pretty rare. So I go down and I remember thinking, wow, my house is really clean. Nothing's left out except for, and I look at the table and there's a chessboard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bro. Bro. <laughs> And it's set up completely. All of the pieces are placed. I'm like, I guess my kids left out the chess board. Mm. And I go and I'm making French toast and stuff. And my buddy James is coming over because we meet in the mornings to get in the word together and pray uh, every morning. And so anyway, the Lord said, cause I was ready to get in the word, but the Lord said, if James asks you to play a game of chess, If he sits down at the table and asks you to play a game of chess, I want you to tell him you will. And I'm like, okay. If he does, he's never gonna believe me. Right. So I literally wrote it down in my phone. If James sits down at the table and asks you to play a game of chess, say yes, yes. So good, bro. So he comes in and I'm I'm making some extra food for him. I get him some coffee and stuff. And uh sit at the table and eat real quick and I look over and James is just eyeing the chessboard, dude. Just like, keeps looking over and some, it. some context here is James is like extremely good at chess. Mm. Like, for the past couple of years he's been um, like studying different strategies and I wasn't even thinking about this when all this happened um, until he sat at the table and looked at me and said, should we play a game of chess? Yeah, he did. Mm. And then it all clicked. I was like, oh, snap, you're like a chess wizard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So even before we start, he's telling me like all the Spanish terms for like these different moves and stuff. And uh, we sit down and we start playing the game. And I actually, uh, Holy Spirit spoke to me and he was like, he showed me a picture of us conversing about the moves before it happened. And then literally James is like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to explain my moves before I do them. And he backed it up, oh, like a week before we were up here in the attic mm. doing one of our Bible studies. And he told me this analogy about like the difference between wisdom and understanding. Yeah, mm. He said, wisdom is like when you know, and he used chess as a, mm. the analogy. He was like, wisdom is like when you know like what move to make just because you're making it. Yeah. Understanding is being able to explain exactly why you made that move. Mm, that's and, good. And he referenced that right before we went into this chess game. Yeah. And and he told me, I'm gonna explain all my moves. I'm like, cool. I felt like that was supposed to happen. I'm not gonna explain my moves mm. to you because I want you the I want to get your insight on them afterwards. Mm. So we start this chess game, and immediately my strategy was to take all my pieces and surround um, the king and protect the queen and the king and just set everything up so where he could not get in, right? Yeah. And so he is explaining his moves and somehow he flanks and comes in through the back and checkmates Mm -hmm. me like super fast. And I was like, what the heck? How did you do that for one? <laughs> um so, and it was so funny because as he was explaining his moves, he's only he's not trying to sound profound. Right. Like he's just trying to explain real, his
2: real simple. Yeah, right. he's just
0: explaining his chest moves. But as he's telling me these chest moves, dude, it was like the Lord was just straight speaking yes. to me through a, <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, this is a this What the heck? Are you doing
2: the Vince McMahon? The (laughs) wall. That's hilarious.
0: And then the next game, I um I was like, All right, well, the protecting thing didn't work. He started explaining to me. He was like, You need to take ground. You need to like go up the middle of the board Mm. when this person makes a move, you do a move to counter it. And like, Mm. you need to take this, you need to take the middle of the board and press in. Yeah. So I was like, All right. So the next game, I was like, "I'm going all out." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I had I get this big vision, right? Where I'm like, "All right, I see his king. I'm I'm just going for him. Like, right? You're not stopping me along the way." So I'm setting up my my bishops and my rooks and my knights, all my like pieces that you know can make some major moves. Yeah, uh, I throw them out in the middle of the board. I have him lined up. I'm like, all right, he's going to move here. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm, right.
1: I'm,
0: getting the, I'm getting this king. It's going to be checkmate. And meanwhile, I had like random pawns yeah. just out in the middle of the board oh. that I wasn't even thinking about because I was so caught up on yeah. this big picture. Yeah. And he snuck in through the side again and <laughs> got my pawns, took out a bunch of pawns, and then boom, all of a sudden he's just in – in the midst of my camp is it dude camp? like straight up i'm like dude this game is we didn't even finish that game because i was like there's no <laughs> way it's over I'm done.
1: it's over well and that's that goes back to wisdom and understanding right like wisdom is like i can concentrate on what i'm supposed to do because i understand like how
0: so yeah at the end there he explained to me he was like some of the best chess players in the world they take ground they push forward but they bring all their pieces along with them. Yeah. They're not forgetting about little things. And he was yeah. like, sometimes t- before they make a big move, they'll even wait a couple turns mm. to set up things better um, before yeah. they just take some big risk. Sometimes it's best to take the risk. But he said the best chess players, they just kind of advance together. Yeah. yeah. I was like,
2: huh, hmm. super interesting. That is interesting. It's funny how it's like everybody's kind of hearing and feeling the same things. Almost like there's this force guiding what everyone's <laughs> thinking and feeling, right? right? Funny. That's awesome. Yeah, God, this like, this Holy Spirit, maybe?
1: Right. He's like this grandmaster chess player. Dude, right. You're step, stepping over your cessationist roots there, David. <laughs> I'm over those. <laughs> You're over I'm them. way over They're them. gone. They're gone. Oh, I'm so okay. proud of you.
2: The roots are gone. But I still respect some of the theology.
1: Yeah, I mean, the and, and the reality is, is like most of our uh, contextualized Western like right. the way that we worship, like the intention, the the mm-hmm. discipline, right? It it comes from those places. It does, right? And and we take some of that, and, and it's that the discipline word, right? That's yeah, that's hard for a lot of us in Western Christianity. The the getting up and doing the Bible study, you know, the things, and especially in the charismatic circles, we're like, I'm not going to study the word every day. Right? Like, it's okay. I don't I don't need to because that feels too religious for me right and at the end that's of the where day the like, that's, is. that's the that's a relationship right like i couldn't imagine waking up in the morning and not kissing my wife goodbye if she's not up you know before i leave in the morning mm. or waking up in the morning and not talking to her you know while being alongside of her you know and and for us to think about ourselves authentically as the bride of christ right you know inside of that that relationship you know that that dynamic where like i'm can Um, everything about me is dependent on you Mm. know receiving love from you you know being affirmed from from you jesus right you know i i think about it in those through those lens and you know you can't have the relationship without that dependence right for sure yeah
2: for sure so good that
1: was like i've I've said it many make a reel out of that clip bro
2: (laughs) i've said it so many times and I, i keep attributing it to him but i need to make sure he's the one that said it but this guy, Sam Storms, I think is the one that said it, what he talks about. He's, he's he's wrote a book called, um, charismatic Calvinist Mm. because Mm. he comes from like that circle where he, he then had this like Holy spirit experience. So he, he was reformed Dallas theological seminary whole deal. And now he's charismatic. Um, but he says that the Reformed side of the church are amazing bricklayers and know how to build a wonderful fireplace, but they never light a fire and that Pentecostals Will light a fire that will burn everything down and it will never be contained. Yeah. And that you need to and marry they don't know how to
1: build it back up.
2: Nope. And he said, you need to marry the fire into the fireplace. Yeah.
1: And I mean, and there's obviously been a lot of words inside of our circles about like the builders arising, you know, right now. And it's, you know, the marrying Mm. of, you know, that, that, that strong companionship between, you know, the praxis, you know, the, the, the word and the exercising of the word, Yeah, you know, for us to outside of the realm of our discipline, you know, that we've learned and cultivated through relationship with God, uh, you know, what does it look like in the real world? Mm. And that's, one thing where i find myself in every area of my life like striving to encourage the people who are around me uh saying like what are you doing with your faith right like, how is your faith benefiting you first of all like is it is it getting you out of that anxiety that worry that fear um or you know is it or is it a crutch you know mm-hmm. that just comes out of the closet uh when you when you need it to yeah uh, but if you've moved past that you know and paul talks about it as you know the milk like we've 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 matured to the point where we're ready for the meat of the word. Right. You know, are we being good stewards of what we're receiving to to benefit the people around mm. us? Right. So Paul talks about, I think it's in Corinthians, uh, yeah, I think it's in Corinthians, like us experiencing trials so that in our testimony we can help other people uh overcome yeah. similar trials. You know, and if if my faith the development of my faith, which is wrought in how I respond to persecution. Yeah. You know, if it is developed in that fire, um, how am I using it to your advantage? Right. You know, how am I helping you? And again, back to you know the people we surround ourselves with. How am I pulling you? Out of you know that that despair and and we can't expect ourselves and all three of us here are married and we know like I can't expect my wife to be a hundred percent all the time right she can't expect me uh, you know as the leader of our home to be up a hundred percent of the time Mm. you know and so it's like how do we balance each other out and the Lord takes us through those dynamics where we're tested Mm. in our relationships dang that's good bro like how in our season you know am I supposed to be resting (laughs) because I need to be poured into by the people that. The Lord has surrounded me with, uh, or am I in this season where I need to be looking for people to pour myself out to? Mm. And the grace of the Lord is like when you're pouring yourself out, like there's 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 not a bottom to this cup, yeah. right? And so, and we that's only so lose weird. sight of that, which is what is when we start acting like humans, right? And <laughs> right. we get and we get distracted, and and we lose sight of the source of that, yeah. And you know, and that's the people we surround ourselves with. It is,
2: it is man
1: so good bro so good one of the things that's been wrecking me kind of just to, uh get us off topic just a little bit um is uh you know so I, I've never been a, you know, worship leader. You know, I've never like led a, a service in worship. Like I enjoy singing. I enjoy playing the drums. You know, I enjoy that environment. And so somebody who can do all the tech stuff on the computer or somebody who can play guitar or, you know, play multiple instruments. I'm just sitting here like a kid, like at Christmas watching watching presents being pulled out of Santa's bag. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, just do it again. Like, that's awesome. Like, what else can you play? Like play, play the hardest thing, you know, you know, (laughs) And it's just like, uh, you know, it's just so awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, the thing that's been wrecking me is this idea that Satan's intention, um, is to first and foremost steal our worship. Yeah, Right. And so when we, um, Uh, When we look at the book of Job um, as a, as a primary example, the book of Job is the oldest book, uh, you know, in recorded history in in the Bible. And um, what did Satan steal from Job first? What was the first thing he took? Was it his stuff? It was his. It was his animals. Yeah. It was mm. his sacrifice. Oh yeah. So, you oh know, we're, we're, dang, we're dude. We're presented with the fact that you know, contextually, we worship God. Uh, you know, in in repentance, we worship God and get right with God uh, by the things that we lay down. Yeah. You know, so Cain and Abel, one laid down a, mm. a physical being, one laid down, uh, you know, the first fruit, the grain offering, and there was one that was acceptable to the Lord, and that was the 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 blood. You know, right. the, the first. Born, and uh, you know, and, and contextually again in, in Israel's history, they come to realize like this is how uh, we uh, have a propitiation for our sins. Like right. we we uh, submit this offering to you, Lord. Like yeah. this this thing that we've helped to nurture, and we we give it to you as a, as a burnt offering, or mm. you know, as a blood offering before the Lord. Uh, But that was their form of connecting with God. You know, that was their form of of worship, you know, and in that moment, that, that sacrifice stands as a, as an old shadow of, you know, a type and a shadow of, of Jesus ultimately, right? That thing be- that came between them and God. Uh, but what's been reckoned me is the fact that the first thing that Satan took away from Job uh, was the, the primary function, the the way he would otherwise worship God, the, mm. the, the way he would connect with God and turn to God. You know, if his wife had gone first or his kids had gone first or his house had burnt down first, right. you know, he would take that off. He would go before the Lord, and he would inquire of the Lord. Yeah, like, and and the wow. first thing that Satan took was the the that means. Ability. Yeah, oh my. And it's like, God. how could you say that's freaking fire? Well, say the that? That's not a type and shadow of our revelation of Jesus, because you know he was just this this foreshadowed yeah. uh, event in the future. Mm. You know, the one who would come before God uh, and stand and stand between us and man. Right. You know, and give us his robes of righteousness, so that we could come. Now, without the need for this sacrifice and the veil being torn between us that that thing yeah. of division that stood as a physical presence between us and the and the everyday encounter with the presence of the yeah. Almighty God. And Satan, you know, and they didn't know all of that. You know, that is the, yeah. the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Yeah. And so we can see it easily, you know, and Jesus talks about how many kings have stood before you and longed for this day that you have essentially yeah. the revelation, you know, that you're about to experience in my life, death, and resurrection mm-hmm. and the coming partnership and companionship of Holy Spirit. And it's, it's hard for us to kind of get that until we're like, man. He took away his voice Hmm. and, and now, you know, and, and we look back at, well, I'll keep it all the one podcast, but we might not be able to match up all the videos after all those cuts. that will be really frustrating. Yeah.
2: We just take clips out of it. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Satan's attempt was to take away his voice, his means of communication, you know, before God. And so when he sits in silence, you know, I can't help but put myself in that place, you know, and think about how my response in difficult times in my own life, you know, whether it's been, been loss or trial or persecution, yeah. you know, whatever it looks like for us. And, you know, I, I can't help but just sit quietly, you know, and reflect on the people that are around me. And, you know, for me to go back to the reference in the beginning of this conversation is those stones of remembrance. Yeah. Right. It's like how has the lord been gracious to me and how did the lord respond to job excuse me how did the lord respond to job you know where right. were you when the foundations of the earth were laid right where were you when I was setting Leviathan in its place where were you when I was setting the star the moon and the sun yeah. you know in order when I was holding it all together you know yeah. and job just sits there in, in humble silence and it's in that silence where now you know we it, it doesn't have to so the, the takeaway from, from that for me, as I've been, you know, wrecked with this idea that, you know, is is like, how do we respond when Satan tries to take away our worship? Yeah. Um, as you, you just press into the heart of the Father.
2: Mm.
1: You know, if it looks like you sitting down. And taking a break from the things that you're doing to refocus yourself on what really matters. You know, our relationship with the Lord at the end of the day. yeah. Making that to tie it back in, you know, the relationship with the people around you right and healthy. um, You know, that. and and if that's a part of your process and seeing the Lord rightly through the lens of, you know, hurt or damaged stuff, brokenness, Mm. like... I just feel, like, so strongly for me, like, the Lord is just renewing uh, what it means, you know, in my broken heart for for me to really just worship him, you know, yeah. regardless of, of the stuff, you know, or or being set in stone, it has to look this way. Right. Mm. And and for Job, it's, it had to look different after yeah. that. He had to rebuild Man. to the point where he could sacrifice for his family. Mm. Wow. He had to just get to the place where he was able to afford doing it for himself. <sighs> Heavy. I almost forgot that you're a teacher.
0: Shoot, dude.
2: It's a heavy note to end on.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fire, bro. was so good.
2: He's
1: so, so good, true. Man. Would you say that's your primary gifting, Chris? What's that? Teaching. Um, I enjoy talking. I mean, and if people are edified, I'm thankful. Yeah. Um, you know, but mm. uh, I I left
2: spoken like know, a true I teacher. Know, I, said, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you say my primary gifting is teaching?
2: Yeah, I would say that you. I mean, I think you've got a little bit of, like when we did the five Q thing. I think you're
1: you're more blended. Yeah. I would say I would say you're one of your primary teaching because you just excel at it. Talk talking to people, not not down to people, but uh, sharing with with people. You know, from from my history and my experiences is yeah. definitely a passion of mine and something that I feel like I can ar- articulate well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we when we do those five Q things, you know, I'm always the lowest is pastoral, yeah. um, you know, because my ability to see spiritually, you know, seems to override my ability to feel naturally. Yeah. And so it's like, to be a pastor, you've got to be empathetic, right? right. Um, and so you know, it's generally like big picture things, you know, and, and if a conversation's going on too long, I'm like, okay, give me the baby. You right, know? Right, it's right, right. like, you've, you've got to be a little bit more empathetic for that. And, and even that's something that I feel like the Lord has been working on me, you know, in my heart to, to shape, you know, yeah. how, how I respond to those kind of things. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would say, um, I, I enjoy sharing.
0: Yeah, man. Well, Thank you. Yeah, it's been an honor for you to share. Seriously, seriously honored that you're on the show. And hopefully you can be on the show more.
2: Yeah. Wink. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the table.
1: Just pray us out.
2: Yeah. Why don't you do it for us, Chris?
1: Yeah. So, Father, I thank you for for brothers, for sisters, uh, for the family that you've surrounded uh, me and uh, these guys with. Lord, we thank you for joining us in this pursuit of of holiness. Lord, to know you and to make you known is the desire of our heart. Lord, we ask that you would bless the, the works of our hands and the labor of our bodies. Uh, may it produce fruit in those who are listening in Jesus' name.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. Please remember to share this show with your community and encourage everyone to come and listen in on the conversation. Follow us on social media and give us a like and review wherever you consume your podcast and other media. Until next time, be blessed, be a blessing, and remember, there's always an open seat for you at the table.